Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. It's a management report, Friar Friday. Um, this, this conversation is going to be a little different than I might have expected earlier in the week just because of how things have gone. But we're joined right now by... Padres CEO Eric Gruppner on our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Eric, good morning to you. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing good. Now, you you look like Ted Lasso a little bit. Do you watch Ted Lasso? <laughs> I I had watched Ted Lasso. I, I've kind of lost interest a little bit, I think, with the current season. Yeah. Um, have, have not felt the uh, return on time invested has been there for me with so, Ted Lasso this season. So, you, we yeah. all we all remember though, it's the hope that kills you. I mean, it's one of my favorite it's <laughs> one of my favorite lines and it nothing sums up really a sports fan in general, not just the Padres, Eric. It's not it's not, you know, singular to the San Diego Padres, but it's really with any sports team that you love and follow. And I'm a Notre Dame fan, I got a big game tomorrow. It's the hope that's going to kill me, but how I just we, I wanted to start with what a weird year, number one, and, and then number two, what a weird ending to the year. To even feel like there's a pulse has got to be a little bit nuts for you and your crew as well. Yeah, I I would say it's been in somewhat unexpected, you know, finish to the season given some of the injuries that we've had lately. You know, you would expect this team to have played better when it was at full strength for most of the season. And then, uh, if anything, having you know seen a bit of a fall off here, as we lost some key guys, but you know the opposite has been true. And um, yeah, I think you got to start with the baseline that the season has been, you know, a disappointment on many levels. Uh, certainly, when you compare it against the expectations going into the season, you know, we're coming off of a National League Championship Series appearance last year, and you know we're a few wins away from competing for a World Series championship, and um, we added pieces, and I, I think the everybody, including myself, felt like this was the season was going to go very differently than the way that it has gone. So, yeah, it's been frustrating. I know it's been really frustrating for the fans. Uh, we are so thankful for the support we've continued to receive from our fans. I mean, out of these last six home games, you know, we'll have another four sellouts. I just don't know what to say at this point beyond thank you to the fans. And um, you know, yeah, we're we're in it, you know, four games back with nine to play, a team that's won seven games in a row. And, um, you know, finally, I think for the first time this year, a team that's been playing consistent baseball over more than a three-game span and uh, really kind of playing like a team, and it's been fun to watch. 
Eric, I, I do want to address something here early because uh, we've obviously uh, passed on our best wishes to, to Peter and his recovery. And we've had so many tier ones who wanted us to tell you that they just want to say, you know, pass along, please, to Peter how much they're thinking of him. And uh, it is hope that he has a speedy recovery. And we're, we're hearing that he is on that road. But it's also, you know, kind of an issue that fans have been wondering about, like, you know, what what is going on in his absence in the organization with an end of the season and all the decisions and things that you got to do at the end of the year? How is that kind of being handled uh, in terms of behind the scenes at the San Diego Padres right now? Yeah, well, I'd like to start. I appreciate that. Um, I'd like to start by just acknowledging, you know, what an incredible owner we have in Peter, both his investment into the Padres franchise and his commitment to winning a World Series championship for San Diego. And I think we're all, including myself, incredibly fortunate to have Peter as the owner of the Padres. You know, our thoughts and prayers are with him. Um, It's been tough to not have him around. You know, he's such a positive, as you guys know, you've spoken with him many times on the show. You know, he's just a positive human being. He's somebody that not only sees the best in people, but also wants the best for people. Uh, He's got a huge heart. And I think it's been at this point well chronicled how much of his time and his money and his attention he's given to some of the, you know, some of the San Diegans that are the least fortunate. And uh, he's he's a really special person. And uh, so we're pulling for him and uh, we can't wait to welcome him back to Petco Park. And to your question, you know, in the interim, you know, we certainly are continuing to run the franchise. Um, and, and communicating with Peter on, you know, key decisions. And uh, so really not missing a beat in that regard. I think as we go into the off season, you know, I'm not going to prejudge the outcome of the season yet. Although, you know, if you'd asked me a week ago, it probably seemed like the writing was even more on the wall. But, you know, it's still a long shot to make the postseason. But the focus right now is just winning each and every one of these final nine games. And uh, we're not looking past that right now. When we get to the end of the season, whenever that comes, uh, we will begin a process that we begin every year, which this year will be as, if not more thorough than any process we've gone through in the past of really critically analyzing the season, what went right, what went wrong, what needs to change for us to get back to um, the NLCS and beyond to get to the World Series. That's our goal. What do we need to do from a roster perspective, from a, from a front office perspective, to be better next year and uh, to ultimately win a World Series championship? And so that commitment has not changed, even despite the outcome that we have had on the field for most of the season. And, you know, Peter will absolutely be a part of that process, and uh, we will we'll move forward, we'll get better, and we'll come back with a commitment and, I believe, an ability to win a World Series championship next season. Talking to Pottery CEO Eric Grubner here on Ben and Woods this morning. And, of course, Eric, all, as always, thank you for your time and your candor. And I wanted to ask you, you know, you, you thank the fans, and they have been remarkable. I mean, the 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 filling the seats, listening to our show, watching the television broadcasts, and on and on and on. How tough was it for you guys? And I know, you know, season ticket holders, uh, they came out and they said, look, you know, the team, there's no guarantees in sports, and I think – reasonable people know that there's no guarantee that a team's going to be good but you know in in both articles and we can get into those articles in a moment uh that dropped in the last week or so that we're talking about 
potentially lowering payroll while season ticket prices increase. What what can you say to the fans uh, about that? Yeah, I would say, number one, you're right. We're uh, incredibly grateful, as I said earlier, for the fan support that we've received this year. With regard to where payroll goes relative to where it is this year, um, you know, there's always changes year in, year out on payroll based on who you have under contract, where you have needs. And so our focus is going to continue to be on putting a team on the field that we believe can win a World Series championship. And uh, that doesn't always equate to higher payroll or lower payroll. I mean, you would think counterintuitively, why would you lower payroll to do that? I think, you know, there were some issues with the roster that we had out on the field this year. I think a lot of people have talked about probably a lack of cohesion, you know, maybe being um, a bit too top heavy, not enough depth, not enough role players, not, you know, a lot of, a lot of elk and uh, you know, maybe not a lot of young hungry guys uh, that were contributing. So we've got a, that's part of the critical assessment we go into this off season, but, you know, we're going to continue to put a team on the field at a payroll level that we feel confident gives us a really good opportunity to win a World Series championship next year and in the coming years. And that's really the baseline commitment that Peter has brought to the organization in the period of time that he really stepped into that control person chairman position, which is it's not going to be it's not going to be a fire sale. There's not going to be a year where we tear it all the way down. Um, it's going to be year in and year out a commitment to putting a team on the field that can play winning and championship caliber baseball. And so that's what we're going to do next year. Um, and if you look at the levels that we've been at for payroll in comparison to where the Padres have traditionally or historically ranked relative to the rest of the league in payroll, I mean, we've for these last several years been among the top teams in Major League Baseball. I think that over time, we probably settle in still towards the top of the league. Um, but, you know, year in and year out, I, I don't think in this market it would be fair to expect that we're going to have one of the top payrolls in baseball. And I think we've been trying to really push, see how much we can increase uh, revenue in this market, how much we can increase fan support and build real meaningful, long lasting fan support. And then from that base, figure out how aggressive we can be to continue to put resources into the team to try to win a World Series championship and, over a period of time, multiple World Series championships. So we're in that process. Uh, That commitment remains. Uh, Nothing has changed. And I think next year the fans are going to see a really exciting competitive team that's going to be better for us having learned the lessons that we learned this season and made the adjustments we need to make. Well, and, and to be fair, you know, we saw last year articles coming out saying, hey, the Padres have about $9 million to spend. There's <laughs> something ridiculous. And, and Peter, when presented the opportunities to blow past that, absolutely did. So, I, you know, I, I'm sure... Uh, things will pop up, and you know you guys will have to answer those questions accordingly. But uh, I, I do appreciate your your candor on that that topic. You know, uh, Eric, I'm curious about the season ticket renewals. I mean, I I know even a team that like wins the World Series, not 
not everyone renews because some people move away. You get decisions to make, you know, with your own family finances and stuff. But I did hear, I thought you heard you say to Don and Mud earlier this week that, that you're still going to have the, the waiting list and everything for next season. How is that, how's that process going? And, and are there going to be season tickets available for anyone who, who wanted them for next year? Yeah, so we've already gone past our key deadline dates for renewing for next year. And, you know, once again, just incredibly grateful for the support we continue to receive from our fans, renewing at a very high rate. So as it stands right now, we anticipate that um, we'll continue to limit the number of season tickets next year will continue to be sold out. You know, we, for the first time ever, started a wait list for those fans who were not able to access season tickets this year, but wanted to get their spot in line and get a priority position to become a season ticket member. So, you know, we've got several thousand accounts on that wait list right now. And uh, so the combination of a really high renewal rate to date and folks that have already raised their hand and put money down to become members for next year, if that opportunity presents itself for them, you know, we we're pretty confident at this point, we're going to continue to not only have a uh, cap on season tickets and be sold out, but also continue to draw the type of crowds that we saw this year to Petco Park. And look, it's a challenge for us in the sense that we've got to return that support with a continued commitment to excellence when it comes to how we maintain the ballpark, how we curate the fan experience when they come into the ballpark. You know, we we have an ongoing obligation to make sure Petco Park remains one of the very best ballparks to go to to watch a baseball game. And so, as always, you know, when the offseason begins, the work begins to get ready to, you know, raise our game for next year, hopefully continue to increase fan experience in a way that, um, you know, makes Petco Park the number one ballpark in America. So we'll make a lot of investments this offseason. We've got projects. We've got ways we're going to continue to improve the ballpark. And we anticipate having a lot of sellouts again next year. Uh, Padres CEO Eric Grubler joins us here on Ben and Woods this morning. And, you know, listen, when, when pieces like that come out, Eric, it's certainly um, it's eye-opening to to some. To some, it kind of confirms their what they thought. Um, and then, you know, there's still speculation uh, running rampant about what exactly is wrong with the San Diego Padres. And, and, you know, from your perspective as the CEO, when a piece like that comes out, you know, number one, how do you feel about it? And number two, what can you say to, I don't know, either address it or maybe calm fans down if that's what they need? Uh, but kind of what was your perspective when, when I, I think it's especially the, the athletic piece came out this week? Yeah, I think it's expected, number one. Uh, you know, whether you're the, the Padres or the Yankees or the Mets this year, you know, three teams that made big investments into payroll to have disappointing results. And once again, I want to be very clear when I say that the last chapter has not been written on this season yet. You know, the odds may still be long, but we're not giving up on anything right now. But we also understand realistically that the vast majority of the season has uh, been a disappointment for fans and for us relative to the expectations for this team. So when that happens and when it happens with the team that last year was a few wins away from the World Series and added pieces, as I said earlier, and made an unprecedented you know, investment into Major League Payroll this year, of course, you're, everybody's going to naturally ask the question they should be asking, which is, what went wrong? And there's a lot of different ways that you can probably answer that question. Several answers have been, you know, proffered in these articles. 
by you know well-researched and intelligent journalists who have followed this team and paid careful attention to what they think is going well and more importantly what they think is not going well they've talked to a lot of players um i think you also have to be careful when you read articles that attribute anonymous uh statements to you know people that aren't with the organization anymore and i understand why that happens in these articles but it's our job as an organization to do a more thorough analysis when the season is over because we have all the information in front of us and we know it all. Uh, we should know it all. And we should be able to come up with the very best answers to those questions, whereas these articles, I think, have attempted to answer those questions, but they're all somewhat incomplete sketches and uh, not based on full information that we have access to. So. Do I think the articles were unfair? Do I think they were wrong? No, I'm not saying that. But I think that clearly things didn't go according to plan this year. We own that. We've got to figure out what went right and, more importantly, what went wrong. We've got to make changes. We've got to get better. We've got to put a team on the field next year that looks a lot more like the team that was in the NLCS and better than the team based on the way it played this year. And we owe the fans that. And we got to handle our business. And when stuff gets aired, you know, publicly in articles, I get it. That's the business we're in. It comes with the territory, and we got to own it. And we ultimately need to be the ones that get it figured out. Eric, I want to ask you because uh, I know a baseball team is is one big business, but it's also kind of a lot of little ones. I mean, the the minor league operation, the 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 players in the clubhouse, the front office, ticket sales. It's a lot of different departments that come together. I work at two different places, and both of them have. You know, they try to make culture a priority. We have a culture club here. We do. To try to improve the culture, and sometimes successful, sometimes not. Culture is a difficult thing to just put your finger on the scale of and say, hey, let's be good at culture. Have you tried a beach cleanup yeah. yet, uh, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> Potentially not. Huh? How, but does, does, uh, he, does your beach cleanup involve uh, Woodsy as Boy George? It does not. It does not. I I, I make as many of the so meetings as I, I can. I recognize that it's not a simple solution, but as the CEO, you know you're kind of you're above it all. How would you how would you describe like the mission statement of the culture for the San Diego Padres to fans who are kind of wondering what does go on behind the scenes there? Yeah. I think overall we have a, I think we have a strong and positive culture as an organization. I think that you you said it well when you said that, you know, every organization, especially the larger the organization is, is going to have you know a lot of different component parts to that organization. I think the way is to have a consistent culture that is strong, positive unified and, you know, widely applicable to each and every area of our operations. I think that, you know, inevitably you're going to have pockets sometimes within the organization where the culture is not fully in alignment. Um, and I, I think with any organization, it's natural that you're going to have some some areas where you need to improve your culture. And I think, you know, we're no different. I think we've got an organization that generally has a pretty strong and positive culture, but certainly has areas where we can improve. And that's part of that process that we go into this off season, um, really taking stock of where we're at, you know, doing a careful assessment of where we have areas that we can improve that ultimately translate into, you know, wins on the field and a 
better culture uh, for everybody who works for the Padres. And um, I think those two go hand in hand. And when we can create a better culture than what we have right now, and it's not to say our culture is horrible, but, you know, certainly there's areas where I'm sure we can get better. You know, that's going to make us better as an organization. It's going to be a better place for our people. Is that hard to do? Just last one for me. Is it hard when you see something like that? Because I, we said it when the, the article came out. You know, I, I said, not a fun day for A.J. Preller at all, waking up to that piece in The Athletic. It's not. I would hate it if it happened uh, to me, certainly. But for you, is it hard to reflect and say, we may have to get in a room and hammer this stuff out, or I may need to look in the mirror myself and, and make some changes? How hard is that uh, to do, Eric, while also, like you said, Maintaining a good ballpark experience, making sure everyone's season tickets are done and delivered and all of that. Um, how hard is and difficult is that challenge for you guys? Well, I think regardless of how difficult it is, um, if you want to be a winning and excellent organization, regardless of the business you're in, but in particular in major professional sports and Major League Baseball where the competitive edge is so thin and elusive, and separates, you know, teams that over periods of time are successful versus teams that fall short, you got to embrace that and you can't hide from it and you can't ignore it. You got to be honest. You got to be brutally honest and you got to have hard conversations. And I think we've generally been pretty good at doing that coming off of winning seasons and seasons where we've fallen short. But that's got to happen again this year and it's got to happen in a way that, you know, is, is effective and whether it's difficult or not, you got to do it and you got to embrace it because that's an opportunity to get better. And I think winning can cover over a lot. And at times, you know, I think it can give you some false positives, some returns that may not be entirely consistent with underlying culture and I think when you fall short, it lays bare everything. And I think it's a great opportunity. So although it's difficult, it's an opportunity that, you know, you don't always get and you got to take full advantage of it. And we're going to do that as an organization. Eric, I, I, before we let you go, I do have to ask, will we see you at the rodeo? At Petco Park in January. We've seen you at other big events, concerts and stuff, but are you a rodeo guy? Because I know that's one of the big new events coming to Petco Park in this off season. I'm picturing you in a in a cowboy hat and a big belt buckle and maybe even getting down and doing some steer roping perhaps while you're while you're down there. Yeah, I'm I'm I don't know. I think my my level of competency at a rodeo is probably more rodeo clown than anybody who's uh, roping or riding. That looks like but, a really uh, dangerous job, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's like the worst it, job it you can have out there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I will absolutely be there. I, I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be awesome and uh, a great event. You know, we also have the Holiday Bowl. You know, who knows? We'll see how uh, the Pac-12 shakes out in its final year before it's the two-pack um, you know, we might have Prime in, in Colorado rolling into town. It's a possibility for the Holiday Bowl. And got Zach Bryan coming for a sold-out show on December 30th. So 
we're going to have a, a really great off season continuing to activate the ballpark. Um, but first and foremost, our focus will always be what we're doing on the baseball field. And that's where we got a lot of work to do this off season. I was actually wondering where are they going to keep the bulls? And then I realized they have two bull pens at many. I got yeah, I got 20 hours a week of this, by the way. Oh God. <laughs> Eric, I'm they're so ruining sorry. our culture right I'm now. Sorry. So sorry. Thank you, Eric. Uh, have, ah. a, have a good week. Good luck. These last uh, you know, 16-game winning streaks to end the season. And then, uh, boy, when you have to start sending out playoff tickets <laughs> to the last second, I do not envy you. <laughs> hey, hey that, that is a champagne problem. Right, that's exactly that's right. true. That's All true. right. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Thanks Eric. Appreciate it. Eric Rupner, uh giving a little extra time with us on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way. With Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad, visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. <laughs> Chevrolet. So much Who do you think you are? God! You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 